All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I hate to break the fishing news after Ramchuk, but I'd like to speak about the ice hockey. Congratulations, you're one of the 13 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. We just traded a migraine in for, like, an orgasm. You might want to mark that down. Yep. All of my projects are on schedule until they're not. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. About as funny as we're going to get today. Episode 272 of the Real Life Podcast. Deadline edition. I'm Tyler Remchuk. Chalmers is here. Jay's here as well. Wanye, too upset that the Oilers didn't get Taylor Hall, is unable to participate in today's podcast. Bag Milk will be here as soon as Ken Holland is done having a chat with the local media. Uh, Deadline day, we're going to get to all that good stuff, including the one move that the Edmonton Oilers made. Before we do that, I have a deadline acquisition that I think every listener should go after. And that is dinner from Oodle Noodle tonight. The price will not be high. And if you go in store or curbside pickup, there will also be a little bit of those proceeds that goes towards local charity. So it's kind of like a three-team trade in that sense. You get something to eat. Oodle Noodle gets, well, the cost of whatever you order. Local charities also benefit. Oodle Noodle. Find the noodle-related memes at Oodle Noodlegram on Instagram as well. Uh, Jay, Deadline day, you're busy. You were live already on uh, Twitter and Facebook and all that good stuff. But I will say this, um, very, very boring trade deadline. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, we had to fill in uh, the (laughs) gaps quite a bit. But uh, yeah, very boring trade line. But what did we expect? It's, yeah, it's a, it's a weird season, right? So it's, it's, you you weren't going to see too much. You know, there was some big stuff. 
How about the Caps there right at the tail end getting Mantha and trading Verano, one of like their top young guys? I can't believe that. That was, I mean, the most stunning move of the deadline was without a doubt what we believe to be now the final move of the deadline because the Caps dealing Jacob Verana, who has 25 points in 39 games. It's Anthony Mantha going back the other way. I think like Richard Ponick's in that deal to make the money work. But Anthony Mantha, 21 points in 42 games doesn't sound great. But you look back, this is a guy who has basically scored, you know, 24 goals, 25 goals. Last season, he was at easily a 25-goal pace as well. Like, this dude's legit, and he's a big and body. I think he makes them harder to play body. against. Massive body. And that's, yeah. Like, Caps him and Ovi? Yeah. I think the Caps are trying to go for it. Um, we should we should start with the Kulikov deal, though, before we get into, like, maybe what the Oilers Why would we make? talk about the Oilers trade? Why? You don't, not a fan? Uh, I'm kidding. Oh, fuck. I don't care. It's, it was like a, it was like a, in the sense of we needed to get some help on the left side and they went and got a left, a left defenseman. So, you know what? Is, I, is it the solution? I don't know. You know what I think is more of an overarching thing for this trade deadline as opposed to the actual trade of Kulikov, which we will talk about in a second. But it's interesting because I'm kind of reading what Te- uh, Ken Holland is saying. And this year's kind of funny because you can, it's so much easier to be transparent as to what you can do due to the fact that you're, you know, the one you're going to be playing one of three teams, right? You, and, and he's, he's even made the comment, like we know who we're going to be playing in round one or two, yeah. right? If we make it to the second, usually in every, any, any other year, it could be one of seven other teams, right? So you have a less opportunity to really like build your team out comparative to what you know is coming. You know, and I find that very interesting. And, and, and maybe that might be why, um, you know, maybe we didn't do as much as we could have when we see other teams, you know, like Toronto really bulking up. But, uh, but that's my, that's kind of like what the one interesting thing I found out about this, um, this trade deadline. But as far as Kulikov, I mean, for a guy like me, I don't know too much about him. I'm going to be quite honest with you. Uh, you know, big D, do I, do I, do I think we needed, Defensive help? Yeah. Do I think we needed forward help? Yeah. Would I like to see a forward come? Yes, but we didn't. So talk to me. What 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 am I, what yeah. should I be thinking? <laughs> I, I think Kulikov's an upgrade on Russell and Lagason, and defensively he's an upgrade on Jones. Maybe not puck moving wise or as a complete defender. Like there's reasons to like Jones more. Um, but like we're seeing right now, Ken Holland is saying Slater Cuckoo could be back in, or he's expecting him back in May. And I'm looking at that and I'm going, okay, well if you have Cuckoo, Jones, Larson, Russell on the left side there. Could you have taken that fourth round pick and maybe gotten forward help with it? You wouldn't have gotten anything good. Like Kulikov is a decent NHL defenseman. You probably could have gotten a decent NHL centerman for that price as well. So there's a part of me that kind of goes, you know, maybe I would have rather seen Ken Holland go out and get a forward with that asset. But I mean, come playoff time, we all know injuries hit. Like, remember in 2017 when they were going into, you know, a must-win playoff game against the Ducks and it was like fucking Griffin Reinhardt on the blue line? Like, if one or two guys get hurt, you want solid veterans waiting in the wings. And I think Kulikov's going to be an everyday guy, but that just means Russell is now the veteran waiting in the wings. And, you know, Legacy can jump into the lineup. It gave them defensive depth, and in the playoffs, that's always a good thing. Yeah, I, like I said, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not upset by it. Um, like, there's... <sighs> There's a few ways to view this, right? Um, okay, so I want to just provide perspective, though, on Kulikov. He was on the Winnipeg Jets last year. Yep. Winnipeg Jets, their biggest issue is defense. Mm-hmm. So this is a guy they let walk who didn't go sign for a lot of money in New Jersey. 
So that was either a function of him not wanting to be in Winnipeg or Winnipeg just being like, ah, he's not a fit for us. So that's just something to consider. That's just adding a different perspective. I don't think it's a bad, I get, it's not going to hurt us. And, you know, we didn't give up uh, too much, but the reality is for this season, and this is the unfortunate situation that we're in is we didn't have a lot of trade capital unless we yeah. wanted to use one of our big dog prospects, which we want to try to avoid at all costs. Um, so we, you know, it's tough to address all the holes we need to fill, right? We need, you know, left shot D we need uh third line center and we need top six score left winger, like to go to market, like you got to spend a significant amount of assets for that. And frankly, unless we're willing to give away the big, big, big dogs, you know, it, it, it didn't make sense for us to do it because we don't have any picks in this draft. So, you know, part of you should be excited that we stayed somewhat idle and we did something kind of depth uh, to address one of our holes um, and should be excited that next season we're going to have cap space. Yeah. And now we're going to have draft capital to really go and make big moves. So it's like, okay, I'll ride the wave of like, we didn't make a big splash this time because we didn't really have what we need to go out to spend and to get shit. But we, we better see some action over the next 12 months. I think we will. I I think, and I think we will too. I think we will too. So, you know, it's what's, and so then we have to ask ourselves as Oilers fans, what's a successful season for us this year? Is it, is it just getting, is it getting to the second round? Yeah. Like, is that, is that a successful season? The one that, I think so, it has we to did be. the things. Yeah. I think, well, then, I think it absolutely has to be at this point. Like I, I'm kind of, you know, you could, the writing's on the wall. I mean, one of the teams in the North division absolutely bulked up to win now and gave away, yeah. you know, a little a bit of their future a lot. They did. And uh, you know, would it have been smart to try to match that uh, just to meet them in the second round and, and, you know, and see where the chips fall as somebody who wants to see, a team that can win right now all the time, I'd say, yeah. But when you look forward, you look in the future and you think about how long we have with McDavid and Connor and just like the team that we're building and Boucher come or Bouchard coming up and shit. Like I just, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not disappointed one bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe what I'd like to see like a guy, like how we just would have got to give it away a lot. I just have Felino deal like that. Them getting yeah, that's, him, it's that price tag was too much. Huge man. Well, of course yeah. it was. Of course it like, was. But I would like, love to have him as an oiler. Love to. Yeah, I mean, every team would love to have him. He's been a captain. You know, he's 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 tough. He's a goal scorer, and it's just you know he's just like one of the perfect all around players. But you know, would you have liked to see us get a guy like I don't know Eric? St- name an older vet that we could have maybe got for without giving away too much. Here, sure. Eric Stahl would have been, you know, they, they didn't Stahl, have that's to match it, but you would have had to give up something for him. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, 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 I guess, I guess I wish like the fan of me wants us to make tons of moves. Right. I guess maybe I, I wish, I wish just like Chalmers said, we got a forward maybe as well. Like just even a depth guy, just to say we did it. I think that would have made me feel a little bit more excited. Yeah, yeah. I, and that's fair. I think on deadline day, you always want to be, you know, excited with what your what what your team's doing. But I just think again, I don't want to sound like an Oilers apologist or like I'm trying to stand up for Ken Holland. This wasn't the time for me. And look around the league; there weren't a lot of moves being made. The Oilers didn't have a lot of cap space to make something happen. They didn't have a lot of picks. You know, like Toronto, because they kept all their picks recently, had the luxury of, okay, we're going to get Felino, but we're giving a fourth away in the process just so someone else takes more of his money and it's no cap hit on us. And we have our first round pick to trade, but it's fine because we have our second still. And like they had that ability, whereas 
Edmonton just simply didn't. And if you're disappointed in Ken Holland right now loading up, he's in year two of his deal. I think it's okay for him to, you know, maybe be slow playing it this year. Last trade deadline, he went all in, man. He pushed in chips. He went and got Athanasiu, who pre-pandemic we thought was going to be a long-term fit with his organization. He went and got Mike Green. He went and brought in Tyler Ennis. He did a lot at last year's deadline. And you can't do that every single year because eventually you run out of ammunition. It's not unlimited. So could he have gone out this year and said, yeah, the second in Caleb Jones, it's going out for... Taylor Hall and we're going to pay a third round pick for someone to keep 4 million bucks as well. And we're going to make it work. He could have, but that, that hurts you going forward a little as well, if it doesn't work out this year. And mm-hmm. I, I just think if you're Matt at Ken Holland now, wait three or four months and then decide. Cause if he goes out at the draft and in free agency and he makes some big signings and he makes some big splashes, then he could even be heading into next year with assets to spend and a rather loaded up team. And I just don't think people should be jumping down his throat right now being like, fuck this. He wasted a year, McDavid. They're going to the playoffs and they're likely playing the Jets in the first round who also didn't do a lot of the deadline, basically did exactly what Edmonton did. And Edmonton's beaten them this year. Edmonton can beat Winnipeg. So there's a real chance the Oilers go at least to the second round here and then you never know what's going to happen. So I just don't get all the anger towards Ken Holland. Yeah, I don't think I don't get the anger either. But what I do see, and it might be the same frustration that I find, is I'm sick and tired of waiting for the guys at the bottom of our lineup, the forwards at the bottom of our lineup to step up and fucking do something. Like, I'm just, you guys gave Gaetan Oz all this praise that one show. And I was just thinking to myself, this is off of one good goal. Like, I have, he, I can't, he doesn't, He's supposed to be so fast. He doesn't blow the doors off anybody. He doesn't, he can't muscle his way to the net. I'm watching Jujar Kara kill penalty. I'm just not satisfied with about four or five players at the bottom of our roster who I just wait to see one thing, just, you know, that one thing that I can take and say, okay, there, he's at least like giving it the go. We don't score. We don't do anything effective unless our top two lines are on the ice. And when they're not, it's just, it's painful to watch. And you get your odd goal off the ass of Devin Shore, and it's just not enough. I'm just, it's not enough. And I'm just kind of like, I don't know how we win in the playoffs like this. Well, that line of Shore that's now just starting to find its stride, Shore, uh, Archibald, and um, Archibald and is the only one that shows me anything with his tenacity. It, you know, he, he gives it. He's the only one of that bottom six that I can say that guy, it has some, you know, those three, those three as a line will be good in the playoffs. They do play good. Jujar is what tells you that we've just watched. What is it? 40 games. How, how many no, games is that it? line? That line's only like three games old, four games old. And like uh, the, they, well. they were awesome in Montreal. Awesome in Ottawa. Obviously ever, no one was good last game for obvious, like for, you know, a good reason. Um, so like that, that's, that's something to at least have some promise with the big issues is like guys like Zach Cassian just turning into ghosts. Like, well, these are guys that we need to step up. And that's what I was going to say. What could end up being in a weird way, the biggest deadline acquisition or addition for the Oilers is if Zach Cassian finds a way to become the Zach Cassian we saw in the 2017 playoffs, if they get that guy in their lineup and not whatever we're seeing in, in a 44 Jersey right now for the Edmonton Oilers. If they get legitimately effective, hard-nosed, energetic, often a little bit of offense in the bottom six, if they get that from Zach Cassian, 
that bottom six is going to look a lot better than it does right now. But I agree. They have too many passengers in that area right now. Kind of why I wouldn't have minded if they went out and got a centerman just to mix up the look a little bit. But I think there, I still think I've said it before on this podcast. I think there's still potential there. Like I think shore can be useful. Archibald is useful. Cassian has the potential to be useful. Jujar Kara is having a really, really good year. Like, I don't know. I think there's upside there. I understand. Just how long, how long are we going to just like, like ride them on their potential though? Like we've seen chase on's potential. He used to score. He used to score a goal every three games on the power play with that one move where he gets in the top of the crease spins and puts it far side. I haven't seen it fucking once. It's like, they're not doing it anymore. And it was the other, like, you know, there's lots of stuff like that with the power play. I just, I can I cannot understand why they don't just they always move Drysital and, and McDavid around. I get moving the power play around, but like Drysital can just do what Ovechkin does on that one side on his off wing and just fire one timers. Why isn't he just stationed there? You know what I mean? Like have McDavid moving around, chase on in front of the net. You know we're just not seeing it. It's like fuck, man. Like this stuff worked. I just don't. I'm, I'm potential on chase on that just seems like a fucking fool's errand right now to be looking at that and thinking that's going to be you know what what yeah. to look forward to in the playoffs i, I just i don't yeah my I don't view. Think chase on is a guy i have like high hopes for in the playoffs i think cassie and archibald Kara are the three but well, that still and, leaves you yeah and with cassie and like you know he didn't fight uh like three games ago and he had only been back for like two games or whatever mm-hmm. and like i don't when he, I hope that he's like building himself up to becoming hundred percent again. Yeah. And that's when, you know, it really kicks in for him. And he does become the Cassian that can win a game by not even scoring a goal. And that is just by being out there and intimidating and, 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 and making other teams play differently. You know what I mean? Um, that's what I'm really hoping. And that's the one thing that I think can actually happen. But do I think like Gaetan Hawes is all of a sudden going to, him him on a line with two other dudes are just going to like figure out the cycle and, 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 and become stronger on the puck in the corner. I am figured that out by now. You're not figuring it out. It's just, they're play killers in my point right now. Yeah. It's hard to argue against the fact that the Oilers are a like top heavy team. Like they, that's kind of how they are, but I still think with the way they're constructed now, they can give the Winnipeg Jets a hell of a run in round one of the playoffs. I think with the addition of Kulikov, their blue line has the potential to be really good for them in the playoffs. Another area that quite frankly scares the shit out of me is like, you're going in with the same goalies you had going into last year's playoffs. (laughs) I just, you know, and that's just like one of those things where it's like, what can we say about it? Right? Like, what can we say about it? There's nothing. But Mike Smith, what? but like, what what has Mike Smith done to not make you feel confident in him going into the playoffs? No, well, it's not him. Yeah, and like he's earned he's earned the right. Like he's earned the right for 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 Holland not to get a goalie this season. Now I, in the I, off season, we need yeah. a goalie. Yeah, and that's fair. But is there still not a part of you that's like a little bit nervous about the goalies heading into the? We playoffs? got we got other issues. Uh, exactly. And you know what? I think this conversation we're having right now just goes right back to reinforce why Ken Holland didn't go out and give up gobs of future assets for a rental because we're sitting here and I'm nervous about the goaltending. Chalmers is nervous about the bottom six. Like there's holes with this team. (laughs) There's not just one thing you need to fix, right? Like Tampa Bay can go out and give up a first round pick for David Savard because they look at their blue line and go, one more impact right shot guy probably helps us win another Stanley Cup because our forward group is solid. We have one of the best goalies in the league. Toronto can push their chips in 
because they look at the standings and go, look at that. We're pretty clearly the best team in our division. Our path to a final four will never be easier than it is this year for the Toronto yep. Maple Leafs. Edmonton can't say that. Yep. No, it's no, it, it's, you know, and, and I understand the statement cause I, I was, I've had meetings all morning and of course trade deadline talk comes up and I'm ha- you know, I don't know. I don't go on your guys's message boards, but I'm sure that the public sentiment is we didn't do enough. Uh, we're not going to be good in the playoffs now. And Toronto, it, it's, it's frustrating to look at the team that the team to beat in your division and watch them get way better while you stand pat. And I get that. I do get that. But I, I think the, the words of caution, if I'm understanding your arm check correctly is yeah. it's better for the long term what we did today. And let's just fucking, let's just, let's, let's try and understand that and not go crazy. Cause I still like Ken Holland. I still think he's, you know, the best GM we've had in, in some time. And, and, and I think we'll reap the benefits of it in the next, in the next year, but that's, you know, that's always tough to explain to people who are it's hard in now. the moment. Yeah. And we haven't even touched on not getting Taylor Hall. Should wait until I give some love to our friends at Twig and Berries because I know the Halsey thing is going to sidetrack as hard. Twigandberries.ca. They got a new website up right now. Everything looks good. Everything looks fresh, just like their very own line of nutsack underwear. Again, new we- new website, but everything's the same. Promo codes Nation15 gets you 15% off. Free shipping in Canada Order in on orders over $100 as well they got some great new arrivals up on the site twigandberries.ca promo code nation15 um okay yeah let's do this let's get into the halsey thing because ken holland came out today and basically said they weren't in on taylor hall and it is probably like in my time covering the oilers being an oilers fan has there been anyone or anything more divisive than the taylor hall conversation oh yeah, that's that's a good question. I'm wondering if there is. Um, probably not, man. Uh, not that I can definitely, remember. Definitely in like the last 15 years. Uh, Maybe Ryan Whitney could come close. Just what kind of what happened with him? Uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think I'd say it's divisive. People didn't, give, George, people didn't uh, give as much of a shit. People didn't give as much of a shit about Schultz and Whitney. Like yeah, maybe no, the like maybe the Dustin way. Penner offer sheet. Ooh. Did that piss off people? But like that that's... didn't linger for as long. Like this hall conversation has been happening for years. And like, there's just so many people on either side of the extreme where there's one end Smitty trade, but everyone hated the Smitty trade. Didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That united us. So with the hall thing, there's one side who like, I swear they would rather have Taylor hall than Connor McDavid. Like they, anything to get the guy back are convinced he's the missing piece, all of this stuff. And then there's the other side, which is just as insane. And it's the people who are like fucking cancer, hate him. I hate him for this reason, this reason, this reason, no team can win with him. And I, and I look at the one argument and I'm like, you know, he's probably not that missing piece. He's, he's a piece you maybe get when you are looking to load up and, and add to your championship caliber team. That's what I view Taylor Hall as like a high, high end complimentary player. Who's, he can drive play, but he's really good playing with other skilled players. He can do that. The other side where people are just like, he's fucking useless. He's a bum. I hate when they use the word cancer too. That just rubs me the wrong way. Like he's not that no matter what people will try to convince you. Like the, the truth isn't in either of those two extremes for me. He's a really good NHL player and Boston got him on a bargain of a price bargain of a price. He's going to help. He's going to outperform what they gave up for him. I have no doubts about that, but I would, yeah, go ahead. I, that doesn't mean I wanted the Oilers to pay that price. Well, re- remember, like Taylor had a so so Holland said they were not in it at all. 
Yeah, he said they weren't involved. Okay. I can get his exact like, quote here in just a second. Because we were just hearing speculation that we were one of the three teams. So Hall Hall kind of had control because he got to pick where he wanted to go. So it kind of yeah. forced his GM's hand as to which offer he takes. Um, so, yeah, the fact that we're, we weren't in on it, is that disappointing? Maybe. Would a Hall of Wave to come here? Maybe. But what would we have you know, had to given up. And for us to, to go and make that acquisition, removing, you know, uh, you know, what people think of Taylor Hall and which camp you sit on, you, the, whatever we would have to offer to make it would have to ensure that he's resigning with us. Yeah. You know what Taylor Hall was for me? Um, it's like when we get invited to a kid's birthday and we go there and, and, I, and I'm in the middle of my diet and I'm doing really, really great. And before I get there, I say, I'm not going to eat the pizza. I'm not going to sit there and graze on the desserts. I'm not going to eat that stuff. I'm going to go and do everything I can. I don't want them. I don't want that pizza. I don't want that dessert. But then the pizza and the dessert are there and everybody else is having it. And then it's gone. And I'm mad that I didn't have it. I wish I would have had some. I didn't want him. I fucking hate him, to be honest with you. I'm in the camp of I fucking dislike this person with all of my hockey being. And when we didn't get them, I was kind of like, you know what? We could have used them. This is stupid. <laughs> I what know. Are we doing? <laughs> and it's so annoying. And I hate that I think it because, uh, and then guys are, and then guys are like, yeah, you know, he would have really like, could you imagine him on the line with Connor? And I'm going, yeah, now I can. Now I want it. Damn it. There's none, but there's none left. The pizza so, had what on it? The pizza had Shit, that was <laughs> ice cream cake. Look- Fuck. You guys all look so happy eating this <laughs> fucking ice cream cake, and now I'm not having any. So uh, I, that's what I went through today. I don't know, and I, and I hate I, myself for doing I, it. I'm kind of guilty of that too, Charles, because I, I was coming to peace with the fact that I'm like, I think we're going to get them. So now I got to be like excited about it, even though it's against my core values to want <laughs> to have them on this team. Yeah. So... We, we put out a tweet saying, like, what do people think about not going for tra- Taylor Hall uh, and, re- and respond with gifts? And I had the Matrix, like, dodge the bullet gift because I think we I think we did. Very, like, very he, witty. Very witty. I think I Clever. think we did because he, the, the, the market set the price also like the, that's like they didn't give up a lot. Like that is a sheer rental deal if there ever was one. So, like, if we really wanted Taylor Hall, the time to, to get him is actually going to be in the off season. So my those gift, who still want the cake that didn't want it. didn't know they gift, wanted. My gift would have been the one with the, the guy looking back at the girl when he's walking with the other girl. That's a meme, <laughs> but not a gif, but fair. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. Show my age there. Okay. That's the <laughs> meme I would have put on your M <laughs> Um, But yeah, I'm just, I'm not surprised. And honestly, there's so many people today who are just down Holland's throat about what a failure this was and how he didn't do it. And there's a part of me that goes, if that wasn't Taylor Hall on the market, if the big name everyone was chasing this year was Mike Hoffman, or if the big name was, I don't know, whoever, name a high-end winger. If it was anyone but Taylor Hall, I don't think fans would be this mad. Like, no one's freaking the fuck out that they didn't get Nick Felino. No, there's still still trauma about the, the, the original hall trade. So there's still those, you know, those people of that side. I think that trade was horrific. They would love nothing more than to get them back. And 
Sure, you're entitled to think that way. I'm not hey, of that camp. You know, uh, the my view on Taylor Hall, Taylor Hall has nothing to do with how he was when he left or when he was here or anything to do with that. It's just, it's totally just the sight test. Like when you see a person and you just think to yourself, that is a guy I just would not want to be around. And I had, you know, I had the moment. I don't want to say the pleasure or opportunity. I saw Taylor Hall a couple of times out in public and was able to interact. And it was, you just got the vibe from him that this guy was a douchebag. You just, you felt it. And that kind of guy in a dressing room polarizes things. You know what I mean? Maybe. That's my personal opinion. Maybe. No, I mean, I mean, I know everybody in here has played hockey in some sort of level. We all know a guy like that in our dressing room. And we all know that that guy can create divisions. We just know that. That's we've all seen it. And that's what that's that's my feeling on the guy. Right. Like that's that's just, you know, and a lot of people might not have that feeling, but I didn't give a shit about his the way he left. But but I'm, I'm imagining that all stemmed from the type of person he just inherently is. I uh, we got bag milk in the chat again here. Um, I texted him and said, hey, man, if you want to hop back in and give us some takes, feel free because you were covering the Holland presser. How long did I not notice you were in the waiting room for? Uh, probably five minutes. I think wow. I was Fuck just me. that is on me, guys. Yeah, I was just kind of I was waiting and then I was uh, I posted an article by Brownlee. I'm helping ground uh, Gregor out with some stuff. And I was just like, I look at the clock. I was like, oh, I guess we're over. I'm not in this one. That's OK. No, it's not. You're here now. We um, need you. We've basically just been talking deadline here. What do you think of Kulikov being the only move? I mean, I mean, I tweeted this and there's a lot Whoa. of people mad at me right now. But like, this was exactly what I expected. I, you look at the Oilers in terms of what they had for available assets to spend. Uh, you look at what they had for cap space. And it's just like... What did you really expect them to do? Tyler, I was texting you on the weekend as I was putting together my, my live blog for today. It's not like the Oilers were ripe with prospects and picks to trade to try and add and bolster. Because here's the reality I think of, based on interacting with some on my account and on the nation's account right now, we are a city that very, very much overvalues some of our prospects, I think. And I just don't believe that the Oilers really had all that much to sell to try and make the team better. Let, let's be honest. Nobody fucking wants Alex Chase on a 2-2-5. Two, two, no. Nobody wants that. Cooper Marodi is not moving the dial in terms of prospects. He could be maybe a nice uh, add-in or something like that. But outside of the first-round pick this year and next, what did they really, really have that people would trade? I'm looking at – I'm on Leafs Nation right now, looking at everything the Leafs did. They moved out prospects. They moved out a ton of picks. The Oilers didn't have any of that. So this was exactly what I expected. Well, and, and, and the prospects that we have, you don't want to move like the certain ones. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Right? You're, not, you're not selling Broberg. You're not selling Bouchard. You're not selling Raphael Lavoie. Like they've got such a small amount of prospects that actually have value. You're not touching those. Or they're young guys like Kaylor Yamamoto that's already playing in the NHL. So I just, this was clear as day to me that the Oilers weren't going to do very much. And I think for me, the surprise is how surprised some Oilers fans are about it. Yeah, I get that it's a, we talked about this earlier. I get that it's upsetting to watch your team sit on their hands on deadline day, but I agree. Like we were set up for this. There was no substantial talk from real insiders at all over the past three weeks that like the Oilers are in on this big name. Like you never heard that you got like 
you know, the random ass, like Doug McLean says the Oilers are interested in this superstar and everyone would kind of go, no, they're not like, I don't know. I just, I, yesterday I kind of got the sense that, you know, maybe there is a chance that like the Oilers going for Taylor Hall. I was hearing a little bit of stuff and then it was quickly shot down by Rashog and it was like, no, they're not. So I just, yeah, I agree with you. I don't know why people are so, so stunned that this is how it played out. I don't get it. It's because we hope. We, yeah, hope. we always hope. And like, here's the and thing. That's, is, and that's I think, part of it. I think that Ken Holland said it in the press conference. And I, like, I'm looking at the nation's feedback right now and he is getting absolutely lit up for it. But I, I completely understand. He's like, last year I spent a lot of future. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Last year I spent a lot of futures in terms of picks and players. It didn't work out because of the pandemic. So this year I didn't have as much to move. Like, and it made complete sense to me, but he is getting roasted for it. Especially also where he said, I don't think you can go all in every single year. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think there's probably something to that. And I think that it's weird for Oilers fans too, because we have a GM right now that is very, very patient and very, very uh, tactical in terms of making moves. At least it seems like, whereas we came from pistol Pete, who is he's fucking shooting from the hip trading for anchors all over the place. And I don't know that many people expected somewhere in the middle with those two guys quite as much as we get from Holland. But again, this was just very, very obvious to me. Uh, I actually, in terms of what they did get done, I I don't know why a lot of people are upset about Kulikov. I think that he's going to be a nice depth defenseman that could, you know what, you put him and Larson together, they're not going to move the puck all that great, but they're going to be able to shut things down well, you know? I, I think the Oilers still have a very sizable problem defending. Um, they yeah. added more depth. They're going to get Cuckoo back ahead of the uh, ahead of the playoffs. They needed some space for that. Ken Holland talked about that too. So yeah, we're going to move Barry to forward. Yeah, they're going to have they're going to have so many defensemen <laughs> that they're going to become the first team to dress nine forwards in nine D. That'll be the new plan. I, I just I, it was just it was so obvious to me that the Oilers weren't going to do anything. And yeah, it sucks to see my fellow Oiler fans kind of as, as, as rattled as some of them are right now. Is is this new to you? No, it's not. It's not, (laughs) it's not, but it's just like every year we have this sky high expectation of something happening at the trade deadline and it just never happens. And you just, I think you just want to be the team that wins the deadline day. And right now we're looking at the team that won it. In my opinion, is in the North and is a team we have to beat to get through to the final four, you know, and that You're really that high might, on Felino. Hey, I'm, I'm high on Felino. I'm high on the fact that they, they got def- uh, goaltender help. If the, one of their guys was to go down, uh, you don't think that was a good, you don't think that was a nice little insurance policy. No, they have three goalies already. They have Hutchinson, they have Campbell Anderson and then Hutchinson. And now uh, Riddick's Anderson ain't gonna be, right in there. Anderson, Anderson will be ready. I don't know. I, 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 I don't just, love what the Leafs well, did. I think I, it's also how, how interesting. How could you like, not love what the Leafs I did? I love Felino. I think you just not like, love the, what they did. I like Felino too, but if the Oilers traded their first round pick for Nick Felino, you I'd know people pissed. would be fucking melting down. Yeah, but we're not ready. You do that in an all-in s- scenario. Like, and, and that's the thing. Like, What Ken Holland just signaled to us is that, you know, we're not ready for this year to like, to, to like, sure. We can go and surprise people. Maybe we go on a deep run. And if we do, trust me, we're going to be there and we're going to be cheering our asses off. But the reality is, is next season is really when the party starts. And that's because we have assets. We've got share capital and it's time. Uh, we can, we can do some signings 
to, to address some of our depth and lineup ro- roster issues to then make that all in move that all in added layer, find next season's Taylor hall to come in to go do all this is so add that like Supreme, like elite scoring, uh, scoring depth that we need. So it's, it's, it, it's fine. It is fine. Either we, we needed to address too much this deadline with not having enough in our wallet to spend. And we have to be okay with that. So let like we're 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 still talking about the Oilers being in the playoffs right now. Yeah, we're gonna have yeah. playoff hockey Oilers fans. We had this is the we've been deprived of this for so long. So let's celebrate that. Let's see if the so, boys can surprise us. Do we do we all if we're making our predictions? Do we all see a second round Oilers Leafs series right now? The How Jets are, are going to be a handful. The Jets will be a handful. You have to respect the Jets. You do. They've well, they, and also you're the one that said you didn't want to see the Jets, and I, you know, I like. Let's say I Toronto, don't. I don't. Let's I, say I, Toronto don't plays, I don't want to see Toronto either. Now, yeah, I know, but that's Toronto the plays Montreal. Montreal is not going to be a gimme either. Nope. There's nope. There, none of the teams in the North Division that make it are going to be a gimme. So it's going to come down to listen. If Connor and Leon get hot going into the playoffs, good fucking luck. It's just, but there, I don't think there are any gimmies in this division. And I think that, I think that the Oilers are more than one player away from being a legitimate, legitimate contender. So if they had gone quote unquote all in to get a guy for the left wing on the, I wanted a second line left winger to play with play in that spot too. But like, was that going to be what puts them over the top or would it be better to kind of sit there, yeah. look at it, reassess in the summer when you have all this money available and you have all your picks heading, you know, for a renewed season. I just, the, the plan made more sense you, to you, me. Than you, seem, you seem like you're kind of done with Oilers fans, right? At this very moment, uh, they're begging, begging milk. Are you, are you, well, you, you at your witch at which end with the pricks? Uh, no, never. Hey, we're all a bunch of pricks. We're all pricks here. Okay. No, I never. We all, would we say all don't that. have to sit there and subject ourselves to that shit. So what I'm, there's no conversation is what I'm like when I, when I can have this chat with you guys, but whenever I say, I'm not surprised that the Oilers didn't do anything. I wanted them to, of course I do. But when I say I'm not surprised, man, I just get fucking dummied on the internet right now. <laughs> it's just like, what are we talking about? Are we looking at the same situation here? Cause it doesn't feel like we are. So Am I tired of it? No. Is trade deadline one of those days where it's a little bit annoying? Yeah. Because if you go back to last year, this morning, I'm putting together the live blog and I'm reading last year's live blog to see. I was like, oh, what did I write about this? What did I write about that? And last year, Ken Holland, quote unquote, went all in. He got Athanasiu. He got Ennis. uh, He got Mike Green. And people were pissed off about that last year, too. So, like, what the fuck? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do in terms of, uh, of watching it. Maybe you just let the house burn down and throw a pillow. Well, the, the good news is we've got five days to talk about it until we play again. What the hell <laughs> is going on with this schedule? COVID, baby. Go, but what, I, I don't what, were, they, were there supposed to be Vancouver games in there? Yeah, they're supposed, supposed to be, be Vancouver twice. I, I thought I heard that they're cut like that. Are, okay, what's the latest on Vancouver right now from your guys' world? They are expected to come back and return to play Friday against the Oilers. This Friday? Yes. Yeah, that's the game we have. We have, we have, uh, or no, we play Montreal Friday and then Vancouver Saturday. Nope, my bad. Yep, that is your bad. I'm waiting for you uh-huh. to figure it out here. Yeah, yeah. no, we Friday against on, Calgary. Oh, sorry, on- Friday against Vancouver. So Chalmers, just so you know, Vancouver like ten days ago got whacked with COVID. 
<laughs> and yes, buddy, I know we're that. We're dealing, and we're supposed to play them twice this week. Yeah, and we can't. But now they're coming back online on so Friday. Vancou- Vancouver Friday. Then we got Winnipeg Saturday, and then we got Montreal Sunday. What? We don't play three games in a row. What? Yeah, what the uh, fuck? Monday. Where are Monday. you looking? <laughs> oh, my God. The score. It's not the best. I keep going. Like, just... Go to the NHL schedule, and you'll no, see No, I'm it. not doing that. I'm not doing that. It's Monday. It's Friday, Saturday, Monday. Yeah. Um, the it's end gonna of be an season... interesting game against Vancouver. That I didn't know they were playing Vancouver on Friday. It's going to be an interesting game. Like, who fucking knows what team is going to show up? Well, also, I'm a little bit nervous about them playing the Canucks. Like, is there not a part of you that just goes like, this variant like doesn't seem like you want to mess with it, and I know they're going to take all the precautions, but like, I don't know. That still just makes me nervous. Like rolling into Vancouver at this time, like they'll be trust me. I've they'll, often... like, they'll be certain come game time that it's safe. I, I could one hundred percent see it getting postponed again. So could I. Yeah. And it's just like, don't the Canucks have to play something stupid like 20 games in 30 days or some shit like that? Yeah. Why they're even bothering doing this when the season (laughs) from now till the end is like largely pointless is beyond me. Like, fuck. You know who the four playoff teams are? We pretty much know what the first round matchup is. And the first round matchup is also exactly what the TV networks wanted. Like that's Sportsnet couldn't have picked four better matchups a month ago. I know they probably would have liked Edmonton Calgary, but I mean like Calgary, yeah. But you're getting two Eastern teams and two Western teams, like for TV scheduling for all that shit. This is like exactly what Sportsnet would have wanted. Um, I'm just I'm surprised that they're going out of their way to make sure the Canucks play all 56 games when like it would be pretty easy to just say, you know what, Vancouver take another week off and you guys are getting some games wiped off your schedule. Cause it doesn't fucking matter. You're not making the playoffs. I just don't understand the risk. Well, at the time that we, at the time that we play them, they will be five games behind us um, for our games played. That's mm-hmm. not an insurmountable amount. I mean, I don't, I think that's a bit crazy to think that they should just call the season because they're five. Like Montreal's only played one more game than them. By the time we play them on Friday, Montreal will have played two, two more games. They'll be three games ahead of them. Okay. Games played Edmonton right now. Like we can, I, I, I hate that. I just, uh, I, I hate having to do math on the podcast, but I will attempt to do I it. I would here, like okay? to watch your math. I yeah. Like why, your why, math. why do you not like doing math? On the podcast? I, I like Tyler. Yeah, math. Do it. Do it. I'm yeah. a big okay. Tyler math guy. Just let me give her here. The Oilers have 52 <laughs> points right now. They have Hang on, six... I'm going to write this down. Okay. Egg milk fact. Double check. Yeah. We're, we're gonna... and a new episode of your M check math right now. The uh, Oilers have 52 points. Yep. yep. If they go 500 in their final 14 games, they will accrue 14 more points. Okay. <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. One second. Seven not times four, two. Not, I'm going to check that. Not 14,000 points? No. Seven let, times just two let me is do 14. it and then you can okay. mock me if I'm wrong. That All means right. the Oilers will have 66 points at the end of the season. Hang on. Right, so, yep. right now, the Vancouver Canucks have 35 points. So <laughs> that means if uh-huh. the Oilers go 500 for the rest of the year. 66 points. The Canucks would need to get 21 <laughs> points in their, wait, no, 31 points. <laughs> the Canucks would need 31 points in their final 19 games to catch the Oilers. That means they would have to go 15-3-1 and one just to catch <laughs> the Edmonton Oilers. For anybody that doesn't know, 
JR left. JR <laughs> <laughs> didn't can do it. <laughs> well, it but was right on that. It if was the Oilers go, I'm also out. If the Oilers go 500 from here on out, the Canucks would have to go 15, three and one to catch them. That's, yes, but it's not, they're it's not over. trying to catch. They're not trying to catch us. They're trying to catch the Montreal Canadians who have one game in hand and uh, eight, eight points, point, eight points. Yeah, that's not, that's. So the even if they win the game and that's all the math. six points. I do, the Vancouver's not catching anyone. That's my point. <laughs> Bag milk. Was it accurate? Uh, as far as I can tell, playing a accurate. shitty team like Vancouver could really help us if we have well, more games we want scheduled ice. against Vancouver we want comparative ice. to somebody else who might play. Like Why? you know, what if Toronto? Yeah. What if what if Win- Winnipeg has already played Vancouver its amount of times, and we could play them like four more times and get those points and get home ice? It's not just a throwaway. You have to admit that. Home ice. Yeah, home ice is important. It's not as important as it might be in years past. Getting last uh, change is big, though. But you're getting st- last Sleeping game. in your own bed. Yeah, sleeping in your own bed. Cuddling your for, dog. For game seven, right? Because that's all. That's the only difference. You also get to play in your own barn for game six. There's benefit there. I don't know. I don't think this year home ice is as important as it is in years past. I, I think it is because you get last change. Oh yeah, last change. There last change so. for a potential game seven. Yeah, okay. Like that's that's the importance. But I'm just and home home DJ home yep. DJ that's Johnny important. Infamous. Yes, that's yep. a big part of this for the Edmonton Oilers. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, right now while we were doing that, I got a little distracted because I decided to do like an <laughs> Oilers. Yeah, hey, you don't say. Um, I decided to do like an Oilers armchair GM thing to see how much money they could potentially have uh, come this off season. Oh, more math stuff. Well, I just, is this on Puckpedia? Uh, yeah, it is on Puckpedia. So I punched in all the numbers. Okay. Nerd. This is like, in my opinion, the outer markers for everyone. Oilers bring everyone fucking back. So we got, except Smith. That's who I didn't sign. So like Neil is on this roster. New just signed for $6 million. Yamamoto costs you 3.75. Cause you give them term. Clefbaum is back. Um, I got Barry signed for 5.1 Larson signed for $4 million in this as well. Those are all the signings I've made here. Everyone is on the roster. This is a full NHL roster with the right number of players with all of that. The Oilers still have $3 million in cap space with all that shit being done. So then if you want to go buy out James Neal, now, now you have 6.8. If you buy out Miko Koskinen, you're going to be closer to nine. If you, maybe you don't bring back Larson. You only bring back, Tyson Berry, you're going to have like $12 million to spend. There's a lot of money to spend on this team. Tyler, can I tell you a joke I made today that was not, that did not go very well? (laughs) Yes. I said somebody the Oilers should be looking at is Andreas Athanasiu out of Los Angeles. He's got nine goals in whatever games. And boy, was that not a popular opinion. Uh, I can't imagine why. (laughs) Got to try to have just, some fun somewhere, Chalmers. For fuck's absolutely. sake, absolutely no. But I just yes, you're I, you're the one that's not being surprised today at all. I'm just glad we wrapped up Nerd Corner with your Mchuck over there. <laughs> <laughs> the point I was making, I was just illustrating that there's a lot of money to to have. You can there's wiggle room here for Ken Holland. I'm that's sorry exciting. for being a fucking nerd, Chalmers. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, nerds make the like, world go round. In, in your in your nerd math here, Tyler, is that? Yep. Uh, did you also bring back guys like Chase on, or are you just assuming no? I'm assuming Chase on walks. I brought back Kara for 1.2. 
and I oh. brought back tourists. So like oh. again, oh no, well we have tourists. What we signed up for two years. Yeah. Didn't we? Oh yeah, sorry, he signed. I, I meant like he's coming. But back. we can bury him too, though. That's the thing. We can b- bury him. You save a and couple hundred thousand, or now. maybe just like hope that he's got a fucking allergy to his equipment. Because I got to tell you, I did not expect Kyle Turris to have fallen off a cliff this quickly. I just did. If you yeah. went back to Tyler, when we did like the the free agency. Uh, on radio together yeah we all were kind of like kyle turris is in a better spot he's behind connor and leon no pressure to score as there was in nashville he'll be fine but wow has he not been fine actually they, they're probably gonna buy out kyle turris this offseason you can say oh, no no i feel like a guy like kyle turris in order Just to bury get him. through in order yeah, to I'd get through buy. the rigors of a regular season a guy like kyle turris he needs to be going out. He needs to be going to Joey's on Tuesday. He needs to be getting, getting, you know, getting a little bit of a uh, couple drinks in him. What? Maybe a little. You think fun. Kyle Turris needs to be drunk to contribute <laughs> to the NHL level? <laughs> no, I think I think there's guys, a la Corey Perry, a la Kyle Turris, who might thrive a little bit better when they have Tuesdays. At Cook County Saloon, maybe on the calendar. Why? Not just, I don't think not Kyle Turris is that guy. Corey Perry, yes. I don't think Kyle Buddy. Turris is that guy. Kyle Turris had young imagine? kids. Could you imagine? He has like two young kids. Yeah, hey, everybody. No. Yeah, he just seems like a guy that likes to party, just like no. me. Now, listen. No, could you imagine? Oh, yes, he does. Where is this coming from? Nothing this? about Kyle Turris screams. I'm trying. My to name make is Ron, and I like to party. Kyle Turris, and for Google a picture of Kyle Turris. No, Kyle Turris looks like he should be doing it. Is so soft spoken. Okay, wait. Isn't there, uh, like, isn't it a known fact that back in the day in other places he used to like to get after it? No, Kyle Turris <laughs> is most likely in the NHL to become a pastor in his, his <laughs> next career. Kyle Turris screams yeah. well, chess maybe. tournament more than he screams dance floor. <laughs> well, maybe he should be. Have you, have you guys ever thought about what life would be like without a weekend? That's what this regular season is like for these guys. Life without a weekend. Never getting to let loose. Never getting to, get, to go to Joey's. Kyle Turris probably loves that. Yeah. He's like, thank fuck. I've gotten thank so God, much sleep no this pressure. year. Yeah. I'm going to do, I'm going to Google a picture of Kyle Turris without his, his shirt on, on and we'll see without his shirt on. Yeah. Kyle Turris. Uh, oh, is he Jack cow- too? Is he all Jack team? Yeah, well, no, well spe- Hey, speaking of Kyle, yes. You, if we send him down and what's his cap at 1.2, 1.6. Oh, yeah, this so guy, we save a million bucks. Hang on, this hang guy on. absolutely, absolutely loved the segment of uh, Yeremchuk playing, playing quarter GM, armchair GM. This guy is nerd alert. City. That's what I'm saying. He's an accountant. Whoa. He's not a party animal. <laughs> hey, I was just throwing something at a wall. So yeah, was that talking. was out of left field. That is. <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. That was a hit. And Sometimes a you just gotta, you just gotta go outside the box. For the reason why he was so good and used to score like hard. He used to have an amazing shot. Did he not? Like, yeah, he was sick back in the day, man. Like there's a reason he had, he was making 6 million bucks at one point. Like he's just not he ain't partying. That's my, that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, I don't sure. give a shit. Hey, do you guys want to have some fun or you want to talk Oilers more in trade deadline? Let's Kyle talk about Turris, I googled oh, Kyle Turris party, and it looks like the only party he's ever attended is his child's birthday party. Yeah, and I'll bet you, and I'll bet you he didn't. I'll bet you had a beer in his hand because nobody does no. a kid's birthday without a beverage. No, he they looks like impossible. he's got a Sunday suit on, to be specific. Speaking about beverage, oh, look what at those fresh new Nation beer cans here. Let me grab a screen Bad. grab of that for uh, Nation. 
Not all Kyles like to party. Shouldn't he? Shouldn't he be running around with Monster Energy drinks and like? Ah, uh, see, that's it. You've been following holes in drugs. Following too many memes. <laughs> shouldn't he have his sunglasses on backwards and way too much of a tan and like uh, tank tops on and shit? Charles He's not living up to the, today, Kyle, the, yeah. Kyle, the Kyle's name. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 Well, Harris, party animal. Now well, he's my new least favorite animal. oiler. Here we go. Yeah, you yeah. talked yourself into a hell of a circle there. Um, <laughs> you tried to you tried to build them up. You tried yep. to make them your I favorite tried. there. I tried. I, know, I respect I tried. that. I tried to, to to come up with reasons, but I don't know. Kyle Turris. Kyle Turris looks like a well shaven, cleaned up man, which ties in nicely to the oh, fact no. that Manscaped is a sponsor of our podcast. Manscaped.com. Head Might over not there. be anymore. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. why not <laughs> i don't know because we talked allegedly in my opinion Harris loves to trim his beans okay um i wasn't gonna go there but sure the canadian special <laughs> right now you get free boxers and a toiletry bag and if you use the promo code real life you get 20 percent off and free shipping as well head to their website manscape.com do some spring cleaning with their fantastic products promo code real life it's gonna save you some money I can say I've been using this now for months. It is good quality stuff. I love the lawnmower 3.0. It's uh, it's great. It's waterproof. Use it in the shower. All that good stuff. Manscaped.com promo code real life. The toiletry bag alone is worth the price of admission. It yeah. is beautiful leather. Like it's a really high quality. Like if, yeah, if you need like a new travel bag for your toiletries, it's worth getting the Manscaped because it's a great razor. But that thing is beautiful. Yeah, hundred percent. Charles endorsement. Fuck you guys. What? I agree. We didn't even talk about the Masters. There's got to be other stuff to talk about that. Man, Oilers. That triple bogey on like what was that? Sixteen. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm not a big master. Like I'm not a big golf guy to where I sit down and I'll watch a whole tournament. Um, But I watched all of it yesterday, and. the way they do the TV coverage, like I know people are like the Masters golf on TV is boring. It's like watching paint dry. The way the Masters does the coverage, like minimal commercials, you're seeing all the shots. Like it's good TV, man. That is good sports. And it, it is, but it was just like it was getting so tight down the down the back nine, and I was just like, I was really hoping for something cool to happen, and just that yeah. triple bogey happened. It was just oh fuck, that it sucks. seemed it seemed quick too. Like you know, they they were only really focusing on maybe five, six golfers and then the odd shot that somebody made really like a really amazing shot or something. And it, it just like a Corey Connors wasn't getting any love right off the bat. And I realized, you know, like they just don't have time. This is like, it's going fast and you want to see, you know, the top four, top six guys. My takeaways from the whole thing were number one, final group uh, of Justin Rose and Mark Leishman. Those two were just having a good time. Like yeah, they, they weren't winning and they were just having a good time. They, you could tell they were friends. They were laughing, hucking it up. It's what like a final day at the Masters should be for two guys who probably don't have a chance to win. My other takeaway was the f- best part of the whole weekend for me and the fact that when Hideki Matsuyama wins it, I go back to his interview uh, after the break. Did you guys see that, that they had so a 70, good. So good. Uh, 77 minute pause for a rain delay and the, you know, Jim Nance goes into this long, you know, a lot of guys go after, you know, during a delay like that, they go and they get some food, they walk around, you know, follow those saying what he did. They asked Hideki Matsuyama what he did. 
Hideki's interpreter, spends about 30 seconds interpreting it. You get Hideki's answer. And it was, I sat in my car and I played on my cell phone. It was that type of introspection that made me understand why this guy was going to be a great champion. And like, you know, you're probably not getting the personality from a guy like him, but, you know, seeing his caddy bow at the end, it's cool. just, it was very was cool. cool knowing that 10 years to the day on the Saturday, he won low amateur at his very first ever masters. Uh, the fact that he's doing it for a golf crazy country like Japan. I mean, there's a lot to like about it, even though you didn't get the personality that might come along with a, you know, an American, a Canadian, a European masters champ, just because he's, you know, he's not speaking the language. Right. Did you see the picture of him at the airport? Just sitting there with the green (laughs) jacket, like draped over a chair, like on his phone, like the most chill guy. Flying commercial, six forty-five in the morning, which means he clearly wasn't hungover. Which means he didn't probably celebrate the way most guys would. So and you yeah, don't like him? Yeah, I like partiers. I do, but hey, listen, I respect the guy that just quietly goes about your business. And like, I didn't think that two guys could run backwards, upside down shades on the back of your hat. Mm. You know, for eighteen straight holes. But yep. they did it. They did it, and he won. And you know, they did it. They did it. Well, his caddy had him on. Not too. only that, I noticed. I noticed the shades on the back of the hat. I too noticed that Chalmers, and I also noticed those things must be real tight on the head when he's wearing them too. Because when he took the hat off at any it point, stayed. It stayed right there. <laughs> yeah, impressive. Yeah, I really, I, I really like Xander Shoffley too. I, I got to say that I, yep. I, you he's know. Yeah, he he just uh, he's probably becoming one of my favorite golfers on tour just because. When you see him put it in the water on eight, a lot of guys would show disrespect, you know, just like, you know, like Jordan Spieth. I like him when he talks because he's funny, but I don't like when guys like Billy Horschel are slamming their putt. That Siwoo Kim who broke his putter in the second round. Give it that was you know, funny. On this, it was funny, but you look at the guy and you're like, what a knob, right? You're like yeah. in contention. And now you're going to have to putt with your three wood and, and, and have to go find a new putter that night. Like one Is that, that how that works? Yeah, yeah, he, he can't. He putted he can't. a whole round with his three wood because he snapped. His well, it was, it, he did it on sixteen, so he only had to put two holes. So you know, but like Billy Horschel being in the water on thirteen for two straight days and having to go, you know, roll his pants up to his knees. I mean, there were some good portions of the Masters, but what it took away from Xander Shoffley was the dude is just a good guy, and he he put that ball in the water on sixteen and just put his head down. He knew it wasn't going to be his year, and like. He just quietly took it. Oh, I, like I was really that. pulling for him. I had 20 I was bucks too, on him man. at 550 to one. Oh, I was too. There was a, also, um, what's that guy's name? The clitoris. I could never find him. Oh, Will, Will Zalatoris. Oh, just like uh, that. <laughs> his putt on 18. Man, it was great. Just like oh, that was clutch. From, he from, from another area code and he sinks it to keep himself in contention for, uh, for he had like he, four, three putts that day, man. That, that, that could have yeah. been his tournament too. Like it's, he, it's, he, it's that, was a, that was a good story. That guy. he definitely won golf social media over the weekend with the, oh, yeah, uh, looking friend. just like the caddy from uh, happy Gilmore. Yeah, and then yeah. finding out, I don't know if this is true and this might be me getting fooled by it, but that he has like a stamped wedge that he, had that, like that, a that's set. him. Yeah. That's okay. Legit. Yeah. Yeah. Like Adam it's, Sandler it's, even tweeted as, 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 um, happy Gilmore. Mr. Gilmore yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That guy. And to think like, so I don't know if you guys know this, but, um, uh, every single golf tournament throughout the year, 
the golf course supplies you with a caddy book. It's basically every undulation. It's every distance. It's thick. You see them in their back of their pockets, and these things are intensive. Well, the Masters doesn't do that. These caddies have to go out for like three or four days before and make their own, basically. And so there's something to be said for guys that play the Masters like every year, veterans, guys. And for Will Zalatoris, this was his rookie uh, is rookie showing at the masters and to be able to like play the course and, and kind of figure out the course, it just shows a lot, man. I think that guy's got a, like a really bright future. That's interesting because I didn't know the book thing. Uh, cause I was, I kept, as I was watching the final round yesterday, I kept being like, I wonder what they're writing down in there. Cause it seems like they were putting some, some healthy notes in over and above just marking a score. So I would love to see what those guys are writing down. Oh man. So like even in junior tournaments, they used to supply them to us. And it's just like basically showing you every, like a green and how it, um, I guess for lack positions, of a better word, how many how it, paces off of pins, the back yeah. and from the left and yeah, it shows it all. And in like, and yeah, so for them not to give it is just like a huge power move by the masters by Augusta, you know, just to be like, Hey, come figure it out. We're not doing this shit for you. I, I saw some guy on uh, Instagram who was explaining the process of how, the masters could make an estimated profit of $230 million a year if they fully opened up to advertising and things like that, but they don't. And if they wanted to like maximize their TV deal, like if they took every step with nothing more than profit in mind, they can make 230 million a year and they only make about 30 million a year. I know yeah. only is like, do you see the concession menu? It's like 1940s. So funny. Yeah. You know, they're the quintessential yeah. brand. They're the quintessential brand that won't do anything to harm their brand. Yeah. Like they're going to keep it as classy and as exclusive as possible. And that's why, you know, even on like they, they are the ones that dictate what every single like TV screen is going to look like where, you know, you have you know, the score, like they, they, they have their hands in all that. Nothing can ruin that brand from the outside and they keep it really exclusive. Yeah. hundred percent. I love it. I love day. it. It's like the, it's the, the masters is like, the kickoff to spring to me, you know, golf is just around the corner. Like the baseball season's like picking up hockey's getting into the playoffs. So is basketball. You know, we're in, we're getting into that playoff run. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, I love those little pinpointed times in, you know, it's like a timestamp of every year. You know what I mean? Like this is definitely one of them that, that I have. Well, it's been, it was nice to like, early Oilers game and you know, last week when they were on the Eastern road trip and then you just flip a Jays game on or something, you know, there's yeah, yeah. just sports on all the time. It's great. Yeah, it is great. Uh, yeah, right. Can't believe we didn't get hall. <laughs> can't believe it. <laughs> I have, I have my first tea time of the year booked. I am very excited. I'm going, where are up, you playing at? Uh, next Sunday. I got a tea time at the uh, Sandpiper. Nice. Yeah. yeah we Sandpiper. Play Thursday, Charles. Well, if it opens, our golf course is supposed to open on Thursday and we were going to play Thursday and then Saturday. But it, I don't know, man, if they still open it, we're playing. I'm playing. What time's your tea time? We don't have one yet. You can't make them until two days before. It's kind of a, it's kind ah. of a ballot system. Yeah. So you guys are touch and go for the pod. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Here, here's what I'll say. No, if, yeah. If you no. let me golf with you, maybe even just one time this year, I can bring the equipment and we can do like a live at the course episode of real life. Well, what we're going to do actually is we'll get us together and we'll get Josh Park and we'll go play around together and shoot like a, an, an, an afternoon golf video. Uh, some would call it an expose. 
Well, I don't know what we're exposing, but uh, <laughs> more of like uh, a, what us on the golf course? What aren't we exposing? How awesome we are! To what golf what, with? what, what are we going to expose? <laughs> Hang on. I also <laughs> speaking of exposing Chalmers. Uh, what are you trying to get a head start on the old g- disc golf tournament here? I noticed you bought a set yesterday. What the fuck yes. So I, I didn't, I had, I didn't go to the store strictly for it. My son's starting to play some pretty competitive baseball and the amount of stuff that we need for that is, uh, um, abundant. And so I had to go to, uh, the store that I bought this stuff for United, United selling them. We like United around here. Don't United. we? Yeah. We love United. They're sponsoring um, the golf to the, this they golf are, tournament. they are. So, so the, you know where they put them to just to get me right at the till I was standing there paying for everything. And I took a look to the right and I just saw these sets they had a reasonable price. And I thought to myself, why not? What if I want to go chuck these in a field? I might just go set up a stick and just start hucking them in my, uh, in my, in my neighborhood field here. Well, that's what I'm concerned about. I feel like you're having an unfair advantage already having the equipment in your possession. I, nobody said we had to, nobody said we all stuff. had to start. The I am day we not the allowing tournament. somebody to get a no. running start. Well, then con- consider this. You're kicking the ass. Go to United Cycle. Go to the till. They have them right there. I think they're thirty four ninety nine for three, which is a lot better than what we were finding on Amazon that day. I'll tell you what, bargains. They are, and there's a driver, a long iron, or a driver, an iron, and a putter in that in that kit. Hmm. Interesting. Huh. All right. Well, yeah. I guess I'm going to have to acquire a disc golf set then. Can't be letting this shit happen. On- <laughs> <laughs> hey. If you're not first, you're last, boys. If you're not first, you are last. My plan for the disc golf tournament is to not practice once and win to like really assert my dominance. Oh, yeah. Well, that's not going to happen. Wow. The arrogance. Hey, I just want to ask you guys this, Tyler. I know you're probably going to drive me crazy and you want to wrap this up. But on Oilers Nation Radio last week, I think this would be hilarious to ask Jay and Chalmers. We had a conversation about standing in the batter's box for a like major major league level pitch. No, no, I'll just do a, it. I, dude, I would I'd do, do it, it too, but what's the question? Be, I just want to know. Am I hitting it? No. Well, we were talking about what pitch you think, if any, you could make contact with. So Change the up. reason I say this is Tyler let us know that we have Eric Sabrowski, who is a nation fan, who is, he's in the Padres organization, correct? Yeah, yeah. He listens to like pretty much what? every podcast. What? So, well, yeah, so, me, and wow, him, me and him played ball. I think we were on the same team one year, but we are, we, we know each other from like playing ball growing up and shit. So my thought is next time he's in Edmonton mm-hmm. for whatever reason, there he should be here. an opportunity where we get to stand. Cause he is a pitcher, correct? Yeah. So we get to stand in there and What's, see what that looks like. What do you, would you say would be his uh, max out velocity? Mid nineties, I think. Mid Jesus. to low nineties, somewhere in there. Know, that's, if you that's sat in a ball cage, so they used to have batters cages over at like White Mud Park, or even the last time I was in a batting cage, the thing was going eighty, and it was a zip. I, I hardly even saw it. Well, that was um, that's what started the whole conversation. Is I was talking about how last time I was in a batting cage, you hit it at a certain level, you know, to whatever. At least you're making contact. But then I cranked it up to ninety. And the fucking thing was hitting the backstop before I even had the bat off. So, so this is yeah. Pisses. So with a with a with a, with a pitching machine, you don't have the uh, like. I know that the person dropping in the ball is going to show it to you yeah. and then drop it, but you don't have the ability to actually see the windup because I believe that if this guy pitched to us, we would have to start our swing basically when he was just about to let go of the ball. That's what and I, I think. think. Oh yeah, hundred oh, yeah, percent. I don't think that any of us 
we could probably all stand in for 10 pitches and I'll bet you not, I'll bet you one person fouls, maybe one or two away. And I don't think the rest of us even touch them. See, that's what I was wondering if any contact was being made in this scenario. Cause I looked it up and by like accident, he's got, he's got, he's got the heater. <laughs> yes. It looks like he's got a nice curve from what I could see. Yeah, he does. Like, I would also love to be there and just standing there in the batter's box and see a curve come way from outside and then cut across. It'd be awesome. So we talked about, uh, before this pod even started, your M had asked me how my kid's sports was going and we are, we are right into baseball now. And one of my oldest son is playing, uh, is actually playing a little bit of a competitive, uh, division. He's playing rep this year. Uh, he made it as a, as an underage or not an underage first year, which I'm really proud of, but it's sure. like new, it's like new world for him. And your is, uh, uh, you know, a history of ball playing in his, in his bloodline there. And so he, so he could really, you probably, you know, help out some of these kids if he was to ever come and look now you can come, but you got to bring this guy man one day in the summer. Have to show, bring Eric. show my, no, show my 10 and 11 year olds, let them, let them see, you know, just that would be amazing for them. That would be crazy. Cause they're like at 11 years old, I guess I was even surprised at the first practice, just how good some of these kids can be. Like they're throwing hard with accuracy. You know, they've all got their baseball pants with their belt and their, you know, uh, high top cleats. They look like ball players and they're starting to like really play like ball players. It's, it's really exciting. It's a lot of fun. I might sound like a, you know, an over anxious dad here, but like it's, ball was just house league ball. It was a lot of fun, but it was just not that competitive. And this after three practices, I'm like, this is a whole new world and it's a lot of fun. Speaking of competitive, if we ever get this chance with Eric to stand in the batter's box and see what this looks like, we definitely need to have some bets on the, on the board here. Yeah. You know, my bet it's zero. We all go. Oh, four. Yeah. If I can even like foul one, admin. I'll be happy. Yeah. I just want to make any kind of guys would foul one. I don't think I, know, I don't think saying. so. I, either, I don't man. think so either, but I'm like, I'm just saying like, I'm, if I could I, like that's hitting a home run. I have like, I have uh, the type of confidence that your Remchuk would have to think he'd be good at this golf after never throwing a disc before. <laughs> I have that kind of confidence, but I know damn well, if I stood in there, I'm not hitting a thing. I'm probably not. If you filmed it and slow mode it, I'm probably coming around with that bat when that ball's already falling off of the, whatever it hit from behind me. Like I won't too. even be close. I'm going to hear the, hear the sizzle as it flies by then I'll swing. Yeah. The real question would be, who do we get to catch this? Because I think we'd have a hard time finding uh, somebody to catch nobody. this. <laughs> what would be essentially be a glorified bullpen? Yeah, I think you would just need to so let, the, let, the fence, let the fence stop. That well, way. yeah, but you probably for him, he needs like a, to have a catcher a to have something to aim at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so <laughs> Tyler, I, you're I, in. This, this, forwards, this forwards a conversation about my kids' ball, but I, I'm one of the coaches. I'm one of the assistant coaches. I'm helping out. And, and so I was running the pitching session. Yeah. And uh, to give the kids a target, one of the coaches, me, has to stand in there, right? I got black and blue ankles right now. <laughs> like, I, it's hard to get out of the way. They're throwing pretty quick from 44 yeah. feet. Like, you know, I'm jump, I'm trying to jump these things, but hey, they catch me every once in a while. So, no, the answer is I would never, you could put me in full knight's armor and I'm not standing to catch a fucking ball this guy throws at me. I, uh, I used to like umpire like peewee and bantam baseball for a few years, and there would be nothing worse 
then you'd go to like a house league game where the catcher is dog shit, but there's the one pitcher who's fucking good. And he's like <laughs> zipping them in there like decent. And you have to stand there as the ump knowing this like dumbass catcher below you, like won't catch a fucking thing. And you're basically just like sitting there getting hit all the time. And it's like, fuck me, man. One, you're like pissed at the kid below you. Cause he's not catching <laughs> the ball. You're like mad at the coach. Cause you're like, why you have no one else who can play catcher right now. That was the worst part. Like be, it, be honest. Would you call the game differently because you, you oh, the more strikes you call, the less the less pitches you're gonna have to so, feel in your chest and in your legs. Not so much that, but the one thing I hated was when the little catchers who are like 12, 13 years old, they think they're so sneaky when the pitch is like way up top and then they grab it and snap it into the zone, but it's like so obvious. Then like you don't call it a strike, but they'll like <laughs> hold their glove there. And that's when I'd get mad. And I'd be like, you know what? If you think I'm that stupid that I'm going to call the pitch that was like three feet above the zone because you brought your glove in and held it for three seconds. I, I'm like, you're not getting the close ones now, man. You've ruined your relationship with that's me. That's the classic. He saw that on TV and you got to do it. I never thought I never thought there was a way for him to out nerd himself on the first section until I found <laughs> out that he was an umpire. <laughs> Man, I'm just kidding. Okay, so there was nothing better. I did it when I was, I did a, I kind of stopped when I was 19 because like the money by that point when I could actually go and get a real job wasn't worth it. But like there were times when I was 17 where you'd go do a game and you'd be the only ump. So you get the, you get both pay or you'd get pay and a half depending what level you're doing. I'd go sit there. A team would get mercy at 11, nothing in four innings. I'd be there for an hour and a half and I'd make 90 bucks. It was sad. It was an unreal job for a 17 year old. I'm sure you have enough stories about getting just berated though by overbearing parents. Um, there was one time we could do like a whole episode on my umpire stories of like what I got into with parents. There's one time I'm umping by myself and there's a storm coming in, but it's coming from behind home plate. So I can't see it. And then some mom was yelling like there's lightning, there's lightning. So I called both coaches (laughs) over after the inning. I said, listen, you guys, I cannot see what's going on behind me. If I had a partner, he would be able to see the lightning and call the game. I was like, so I need you guys to be on your toes. And if there's lightning, please tell me and we'll call the game or we'll take like a 20 minute break. Right. And both coaches were like, yeah, if we think it gets too close, we will absolutely let you know. So anyways, (laughs) the next inning goes on and this mom the whole time is just going just there's lightning. You're putting my kids at risk. Call the game up, do your job, blah, 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 blah. So again, I go to both coaches and I'm like, Listen, I don't know whose mom that is there, but one of you needs to go tell her to be quiet and that we have this handled. And both coaches, yeah, okay, we'll we'll look into it. I'm sitting there again next inning and she's fucking going. So finally I turned around and I said, I told both coaches, if they want this called, we can call it. You can go sit in your car or take your kid out, but you're not yelling anymore. And then she kind of was like, oh, and like hums off. And then after the game, I'm getting changed in the like back gate of my truck. And she fucking comes over to me while I'm like getting changed. And she was like- and she gives me the whole like, you know, I, 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 don't, I, I was not being disrespectful and I didn't want to be disrespectful, but you're putting kids safety at risk. You know that. And I was like, fuck, I was just like, I don't care. And she like came to my car to give me shit. You don't care about just, kids safety. How long did you do it for Tyler? <laughs> the like yeah. three or four. All, I, I don't even know how you did it that long. Well, I, there was a couple of summers in a row where one of my buddy's parents threw a big three on three hockey tournament. Oh. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. was like you know, 10 to 12 year olds or something like that. So there were kids. So he would ask people that played on his teams to come ref. Cause it, it was three on three. You didn't need like legit, legit ref. So I yeah. would go ref every year for just some extra money for the summer. And man, 
getting yelled at about <laughs> making a wrong call when a kid is like 11 years old is a special kind of annoying, isn't it? It's just like, fuck yeah. me, really? Okay, whatever. So I don't know how you did it that long. And I, I found like as I got a little, like when I did games when I was like 18 and 19 versus like 16 and 17, you learn how to like get respect from coaches a little bit. And like in the plate meeting before you kind of give them the whole like, listen, I want the kids to play. I want the kids to have fun. My strike zone is big, like giddy up, tell the kids to swing the bat. We'll have a good time. And like, that's, you can usually calm them down from the start. If you just be a good guy. I remember once I had to call a game. There was a time limit in a tournament. An inning could not start after two hours and third or an inning could start after two hours and 15 minutes. That was a time limit. So this guy's team is down by like six runs. We're going, we're about going to the last inning. The official scorekeeper says, Hey, it's been two hours and 15 minutes. So I go, okay, game's done. Like we can't start another inning and this coach loses it. He comes over and he's showing me his wristwatch and he's like, look, I have 45 seconds right now. We should be able to start this inning. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. Man. How do you sport. argue if you're willing to run over to a 16 year old ump and get in his face about something like that? How does one argue that? Because you cannot argue with either crazy or like just out of line. I, I was like, the whole- official scorekeeper wrote down the Dude. start time. I don't know what to tell you. And yeah, he's like, well, this is a joke. You just want to go home early. And I was like, well, like, one, I, <laughs> I kind of did want to go home. It had been two hours and 15 minutes. Um, but also like, Dude, why do you think I give it? Like, I'm not trying to screw your team out of a game. I'm, like, the, guy, I'm the guy that literally is in charge of keeping the rules, of like making sure everybody plays by the rules, and you're asking me to not do that. My thing would be, honestly, like for any parents listening and, and you know, like that, that do that kind of stuff, Don't. you never make a difference. You never, ever, ever make a difference. There's only two things that you do. And one is you embarrass yourself. And number two is you embarrass your child, which is even worse. Go and fucking embarrass yourself. Nobody cares. You're, if you're acting like that, you're probably the person standing by yourself because nobody's hanging with you anyways. If you're embarrassing your kid, though, that's making the other kids on the team look at him and or her and just and it's not it's not good, man. It's not something you want to be doing to a kid at that age. So don't uh, fucking do it. I hate parents like that. Also, I think of it like Gregor brings up this point all the time. Kids in minor sports should have to officiate games at some point, because I think the perspective from a lot of these parents would really change if they had to go watch their kid umpire a baseball game or ref a oh. hockey game. And, and if they sat in the crowd and heard the abuse their kid took as the ref, I guarantee you a lot of parents would change their tune when they're watching their own kids. Maybe. Some, so Surveyor I, I Brett, hope- if you're listening to this, I'm still fucking pissed at you for a lot of reasons. Um, but <laughs> for the most part, youth sports officials. <laughs> Surveyor Brett. Surveyor uh, Brett. All right. Okay. Let's wrap this up. We've been going for a yeah. while. Now. We got Lastly, a just to wrap it up. We Tyler, didn't get, get Hall. Get over it. <laughs> 52 points now. If the Oilers get seven and 14 wins, that's an additional 14 points for 66 mm-hmm. points. Yeah. And Not then... And then that means the Canucks would need 31 points in their final 19, which is a record of 15, <laughs> three and one just to tie the Oilers. They would have to go 16, two and one to pass them. It's not the Oilers. They're chasing It's the Canadians. Well, that's if the Oilers go 500. Yeah. A lot of ifs. You're going to have people, even- you're going to have people in Canucks land being like, well, if the Oilers only win two of their next 20. Fuck. Yeah. There you go. And we go 500. We might have a chance. Jay still thinks the Canucks are in it. (laughs) 
episode 272 of the real life podcast uh trade deadline talk the masters a whole bunch of nonsense jammed into this one thanks for tuning in shout out to oodle noodle twig and berries where the promo code is nation 15 manscaped where the promo code is real life check them both out support the nation also there's new nation beer cans they look sexy if i might say so myself thanks for tuning in this episode's over great job on making it through the entire hour of the real life podcast don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from step onto the legendary clay courts of roland garros where the world's best players battle it out at the french open for a chance to win a grand slam title Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.